0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In most all aspects of our life, we act in a system that says, if I do well, I will get rewarded. If I do poorly, then I will get demoted or punished. This is also known as the law of karma. If you do good, good things will happen to you. If you do bad, bad things will happen to you. Sometimes we carry these thoughts into our beliefs about God as well. If we have a disease, we might think, God is punishing me. What have I done wrong? If we suffer, we may wonder, what in the world did I do to deserve this? And likewise, If we do good things, we're expecting God to bless us for those things. We think, if I have a test coming up, I want God to bless me. Therefore, I better go to church this week. (laughs) I better confess my sins. The The disciples in our gospel, they thought this way as well. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man born blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned that this man or his parents, that he was born blind? They saw this man suffering, and they thought, he must have done something to deserve it. He must have done something worse than I've ever done to, be, to deserve to be born blind. But the fact of the matter is, if blindness were a punishment for sin, all people would be born blind, and much worse. No person is better than another before God. We have all sinned, and as we confessed earlier, we all deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. The disciples didn't understand this because they viewed God not as a savior at this time, but as someone who was judging them against all others to see who would be the best. Of course, if that were true, God would have to grade on a tremendous curve. (laughs) Starting with all the people, that's all of us, in the F category (laughs) and going down from there. And even further, everyone would have been really in trouble, really in trouble, if that curve started with Jesus, because he was perfect. He had straight A's. We are far below F. But Jesus answers his disciples, it was not that this man sinned or his parents. Now, of course they did. But this was not the reason for his blindness. He was born blind, Jesus continues, that the work of God might be displayed in him. His hardship was given him because God desired to do his work through this man. So he had hardship because God desired to show his love Through this man. Think about this for a second. If Christianity was a karma based religion, then Jesus would have been the richest man that ever lived. Every single person would be envious of Jesus. He would have the perfect body that all people would desire him. He would basically be a billion times more handsome, rich, and enviable than the most enviable person that you can think of right now, but that's not what happened. It said the Bible says that there was nothing about him that we should desire him. No, Jesus was perfect, and what did he have to do? Out of his great love for the Father and his great love for you and I, he suffered. He suffered so that the work of God, that is, the saving of all mankind, would be accomplished in his life. The suffering of believers is not a minimal arrow. That is, the suffering of believers is a mere faint arrow that points towards the suffering of the Son. Jesus finishes his explanation to the disciples by saying, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool called Siloam, that means scent. So he went and he washed. And he came back seeing. Jesus singled out this blind man. And through his dealing with this man, Jesus shared with all of us the amazing things that he does for the entire world. At the end of our gospel, Jesus said, For judgment for judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see. And those who see, that is, who claim to see, may become blind. The blind man in this exchange is really none other than you and me. If it were not for Jesus, we would all be left in darkness. Paul wrote in our epistle, For at one time you were darkness, Notice he doesn't say that one time you were in complete darkness. He says at one time you were darkness. But now you are the light of the world. Walk as children of light. But just as Jesus approached the blind man, just as Jesus approached the blind man here, he has also approached you and I. And just as he washed that man born blind in the water at Siloam, he has washed you in the waters of baptism. If if you have not been washed in the waters of baptism, he comes to you today and says, be washed, be clean." You were once darkness. I want to transfer transfer you from that domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. Now an amazing thing happened to that man born blind. He was washed and he was given sight. By his words, he then confessed Jesus' work in his life. And through his confession, you know what he became? Light to the world. He who walked in darkness became a light by his confession of Jesus. He was washed in a pool called Scent. And you know what? When he rose from that water, he was sent to the people around him. The very first people that he came across was none other than his neighbors, his family, that saw a difference in him. I'll share a brief story. I don't often like to do this, but maybe some of you can relate. When I was in high school, out of a class of 104 people, I graduated high school as class partier. And I had a problem with underage drinking. And people, they loved to be around me. And I was, I was pretty popular in high school. June 3rd, 1995, one year after high school, I hit a low. I got very drunk and uh, passed out in front of my grandfather, whom I love and admire and who I was ashamed to do what I did Before. I decided I was going to stop underage drinking at that time. And it was by the grace of God. I'll tell you, right after that date, I wrote a long list of things that I was going to do to start serving God. By the end of the first day, guess what? I did all those things on the list, except for one I didn't drink. And it was by the grace of God. I wanted to stop underage drinking. It was against the law, and it was not a good place for me to be. So, I told my friends, I still want to hang out with you. I still want to be with you. I just can't go to these parties with you anymore. I just can't endure the temptation. And you know what? Some of my friends decided to stick with me. Some of the friends wanted to, they wondered what was different about me. And I was able to share with them that I was I was able to share with them Christ. Some friends no longer called me up. Um, I lost a lot of friends. I lost some popularity. But you know what? I was a whole lot better off. This man who was born blind. Some people received his testimony of Christ and some did not. You see, the man born blind began telling everyone what Jesus did for him from those waters. There was a change in him and everybody noticed it. And the people were treating him differently. And just as the blind man, we are different because of Christ. Maybe today you've come in and you've got a load of baggage. Leave it at the font. If you pick it up again, I understand. I pick I pick up my sins almost every day. Well, every day. I continually lay them down. And because Christ has forgiven me, I can forgive others. And that's something different than the world. You have been forgiven. You can ask other people for forgiveness when you've wronged them. And you can forgive them because Christ, and you heard the words, I forgive you all of your sins. You're a forgiven child of God. And there will be opportunity to give testimony to the hope that changed you. And you can point them back to that pool that God called you to, the water of baptism. Now, it should be noted that the man who suffered from blindness still suffered after he received his sight, even more so in some ways. You see, his testimony of Jesus was not received by everyone with open hearts and open minds. No, for some who thought that they didn't need a Savior, they persecuted the blind man. All that the Pharisees desired to do was to shut up the word of Jesus. Why? Because if they were to admit that this word was true, they would have to admit that they were wrong and they needed a Savior. And they didn't want to have a savior because they were just fine the way they are. There are a lot of pop songs out right now that echo the theme of the Pharisees You are beautiful just the way you are. I don't need forgiveness, I don't need anybody to forgive me. That echoes what the Pharisees were thinking. They didn't want forgiveness. And so they shut out someone who said that we all need forgiveness. That man who was born blind who now saw. I lost my place. Oh, okay. This man who was born blind was echoing what happened to his Savior. He was despised rejected by men. And the man who was born blind had something that the world did not have, communion with that rejected one. Which you know what is more important than anything that you would lose in this life. Don't work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to everlasting life. In other words, abide in Christ no matter what that means in your relationships in the world. Abide in Christ, not only for your sake, but also for the sake of the people that you run across, the people that you've been sent to. Do you realize you were not taken up to heaven after baptism? That's because you we're to be sent out into the world, into your families, into your classrooms, into your study groups, into your jobs, as light of the world. You don't have to go preaching every second while you're at work or while you're in the study group. But you do have to forgive and ask for forgiveness and walk humbly with the Lord your God And people will see that you are different. And you will have an opportunity, trust me. You'll have many opportunities to share with others the hope that is in you. In the blind man's rejection and suffering, something amazing happened. Jesus heard that they had cast him out of the temple. And that's a terrible thing. It's as though he's ostracized from the entire community. But Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he was lost. But look who sought him. Jesus. Jesus sought him out, and he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking with you. And He said, Lord, I believe, and worshiped him. Jesus saved this man just as he saved you and I. And Jesus comforted this man just as he promises to comfort us in our suffering. He said to you and I, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And his word keeps that promise true. Jesus is here today, my friends, to comfort you, to forgive you, to be your champion, even if no one else is. And if you do not yet know him, please talk to me about the waters of baptism. I would love to share the Lord's work with you, and I would love to see the work of God that he will do in you. Your suffering is not in vain, just as our Savior's suffering was not in vain. His suffering and the suffering that we share with him is for the purpose of God's love, God's love for the saving of the world, that the blind may receive their sight. In the name of Jesus, amen.